0: All right, we're back on the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590, the fan. The Blue Jays with a big win last night. Kikuchi making things right here in Toronto. We're back, baby. Just we're like back.
1: that. Six strong. That's it. Everything's That's okay. That's all
0: you needed. They're back in action today at noon, folks. Noon. So don't bother going to work. <laughs> Free pass from Justin, I say.
1: Or just get that Sportsnet now fired up.
0: Yeah, but just go just... It's Enjoy not like you know your to the life Park? yeah, it's true. Kevin Gosman on the mound, Alcantara on the other side. It's quite the pitching Big matchup. pitching matchup today that starts at noon. Don't forget. um, we've got some more of our twins to quickly shout out this This one absolutely made me laugh out loud. Brandon and Tonham, who we've been chatting with already a couple times, even worse, I'm Brandon, wife's Brittany. Oldest son is Braylon. Twins are Braxton and Brody. Whew. He goes, we're psychos. I'm glad you said it because yeah, you, you are psychos. You yourselves
1: up with that.
0: Big but, I mean, B it, it, family.
1: Big B, BR family.
0: Braxton, Brody, Brayden, Brittany, Brandon, D- Braylon. There's no they, they They ran the gauntlet of BRs. <laughs> yeah. Brett. I mean, oh, they're missing Brett.
1: Well, maybe there's room for a Brett.
0: We've got Clay from Burlington since. Got twins named Sean and Scott, and they were a handful. Not as close. Um, we also have in the ballpark. Kyle and Hamilton says I have twin six year old girls. My wife's a twin, and her older sister had twins.
1: I'm telling you, that it's, gene it's is, like a genetic thing. That's
0: a heavy gene. It's a strong. You got to
1: do like you got to do like a whole family sort of analysis before you. Like if you only want one. You got you to be doing some testing. But do you, you remember be in grade 11? You got to reaching out to ancestors yes. and, and second cousins across the world.
0: Do you remember in grade 11 when you did that genetics part of a bio class where you learned about... I definitely do not. ...the the way that genes... Reminder, we went to different schools, Eilish. You didn't realize, figure out how to do genetics?
1: I mean, I'm sure it was part of it, but it was, you know, like a chapter I may have not read for homework.
0: <laughs> I wonder but you what, went to what Western. Did what did you learn? Well, things are like you learn how to do this chart, right? Things that are genetic, like if your earlobes are attached or Put you not. On the spot
1: a little here. If your okay. earlobes
0: are attached or not, that's right. genetic. If you have it's hair on checklist. your knuckles, it's genetic. Okay. Like how it goes from if you have blue eyes or not blue eyes, right? Anyway, the old double helix. We're still working on getting John Morosi, but we were just reading everybody's text. So, Blue Jays today.
1: Yeah, we can, we can uh, rehash our Blue Jays discussion a little bit from earlier on. I mean, you say Kikuchi with a big outing, but mm-hmm. I mean, still what like really, really, really is glaring and something that's unavoidable at this point is the performance of the lineup and the offense and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Matt Chapman and George Springer had a moment last night, but still overall, I mean, this, this lineup is struggling and needs to find something itself in order for us to really, really comf- feel comfortable about, about where they're going. I mean, yeah. They've had these pockets of pitching, and that's should be expected, though, because mm-hmm. they have one of the most—it has been the healthiest. I mean, the problem has not been health. The problem has been performance with at least one of their pitchers. But every day, you can count on who's going up next, with, with the exception of Alec Manoa. Kikuchi, Bassett, Gosman, Barrios have been unflinchingly available. And they are talented. They're one of the best— they make up one of the best, best rotations in the American League and in baseball, and they've been very, very reliable. But to put it all together, that offense has got to get going. It's got to be more than Bo Bichette. It's got to be mm-hmm. more than, hey, a guy like Danny Jansen stepping up at the bottom of the lineup, Kevin Kiermeyer, maybe for a moment, overshooting expectations in a big way. Like, it's got to come together and rather and and be more than just a couple individual performance, standing out and getting them through some rough patches Uh, for this team to reach this potential. We need to see a lot more than we saw last night, even if it did result in a win.
0: So since the 20 run game versus the Rays, Blue Jays ranked fourth last in the majors in runs behind Kansas, ahead of Kansas city, St. Louis and Oakland. So they're about to play Oakland this weekend. And I know that Oakland has been, was on track to be one of the worst teams ever to get on the baseball field. Uh, They had a little bit of a hot stretch there. But I think, like, today, if you can get a win today, you win the series, you have an off day tomorrow. I think the, the biggest thing around this team, other than not hitting and all the other issues, is, like, it just doesn't look like they're enjoying baseball right now. And it makes sense. They just got blown out, and they had an awful come from behind win uh, or loss. And so maybe it's just like get this win. You have Kevin Gosman on the on the mound which is a huge point of confidence. You have an off day and then you're back home and you are playing Oakland and I'm not saying that there's an easy part of the schedule, but Oakland you, maybe you feel like a level of confidence going in that you didn't have previously over the last 3 series. You've lost 3 in a row in terms of series. You, you got Oakland at home. You haven't been home in a while. I think things can really start to turn for the Blue Jays in a positive direction if you believe in momentum, and that just really starts from today, capitalizing on what happened yesterday, bring some good vibes home. It's not—I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility.
1: Yeah, and it, just because it's Oakland doesn't mean it can't be something to build on. I mean, it could be—it could go the other way more drastically. That's the scary like, part. It, not that one win is worth more than a different win, but maybe one loss or a string of losses or a pair of losses can be worse than. Uh, a loss to, let's say, I mean, it would be worse against the Tampa Bay Rays because it's in the division, not that you're chasing the division really anymore. But you get my point. Like, no, not every loss or win is equal. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I think the losses would mean more than a win would mean. Like, if you get clowned by the Oakland Athletics, despite their little renaissance here in season, uh, it's going to feel a lot worse because it's going to be another slap in the face after a string of slaps. In the face, so it's not like yeah, it's like a no-win a no situation. It's not like you have to take care of business yep. or else. But it, yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an opportunity to get going, but it's also potentially some repercussions staring you at the face if you can't get it together before you host Oakland uh, over across a three-game stretch with a rest day uh, preceding it. I mean, and, that is yeah. the perfect scenario and a rest day to, after
0: it too, which is outstanding.
1: I mean, it just that is there is no excuses to not have a good weekend, right? And, right? and and for that reason, like, it's a little bit scary because this team isn't in great form right now, but they have one more opportunity in a big game, a high-profile mm-hmm. game. I mean, a lot of general baseball fans will tune into Gosman versus Alcantara. Like, that is, that is a tasty, tasty pitching matchup in the middle of the day when there is less to combat with in terms of, uh, you know, a, a bunch of games on at the same time. So, uh, uh, this... It, <laughs> Every game is important right now when you slip below 50% in terms of uh, the probability to get into the playoffs, when you're in chase mode, not only in the division, but in the wild card race, when other teams have solidified themselves as elite or very good and they're ahead of you. Like there's not really much room for error right now. And it does seem with the Schneider discussion, with the Vladdy discussion, that things are sort of tenuous right now. And just some quality play, some quality at bats, some wins would do wonders for this team. But I do wonder about the flip side and how devastating it would be if your fourth consecutive loss. Uh, in a series is against the Oakland Athletics.
0: I mean, it's certainly just a matter of perspective when you look at where this team is. They're one game back of a wild card spot, right? But it doesn't feel like that's the temperature around this team as of late, and it's easy to get bogged down by the slog fest they kind of went through. They just played 30 games in 31 days. They didn't come out with a favorable record that we had predicted. Then they lost three series in a row, and they had... Not just losses, embarrassing losses. Like the, the the Sunday to Monday back-to-back game might have been some of the worst two-game sample sizes, maybe not the wild card series, that we've seen in a long time from this Blue Jays team. It right. feels like they just can't get anything going. But you present a, a good argument about this weekend. you got the Athletics, and then you've got the Giants, who we were reminded were on an eight-game winning streak before yesterday. Then the Red Sox, and the Red Sox a while ago were completely out of the picture. I don't know what happened to them, but they're now one game, half a game back of the Blue Jays, right? They've turned it on. They swept the Yankees. The Yankees are fumbling a bit. Now the Red Sox you have to worry about right behind you. So I think there is so much opportunity to build on a Oakland win, a Giants win, a Red Sox win. We could be coming back here on the radio next, right after July 1st, And it could be a completely different feeling around this team.
1: Yeah, that feels like uh, that's going to be the story of the Blue Jays season. I mean, I think we're going to be kind of riding that roller coaster because they haven't been able to solidify themselves as one thing either way. Mm. They've shown weaknesses. They've shown strengths. And they sort of toggle back and forth between those things. And maybe the inconsistency is what's put the spotlight so brightly and so intensely on a guy like John Schneider in his first full year at the helm. I mean, a lot of people are talking about John Schneider. A lot of people are talking about his performance. A lot of people are talking about Don Mattingly waiting in the wings. Yeah, I want to ask
0: about that with you.
1: This, and I wanted. uh, I think we should discuss it now because, like, the Mattingly thing in particular. Okay, you bring him on for a reason, whatever that reason may be. Not really sure. Uh, exactly what they were trying to accomplish other than, hey, this is a smart baseball person. Let's add him to our bench. Let's get him into the ears of Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that all makes sense from a process standpoint. But if it was like, hey, John Schneider's new at this. John Schneider, although he has been around, hasn't been in a major league dugout or running a major league dugout for so long. So let's get him some support. Or maybe it's as far as, hey, if things don't work out, we have someone to fall back on. But, like, to discern or to, like, look at these two guys as, like, clear individuals where one could fix the other or one would be this without the other or you would see market improvement if you had Mattingly Mm -hmm. in charge and Schneider not around. Like, I don't know how you draw that conclusion because why would Mattingly, if there was any fix for anything, be withholding it right now? Like if John, Don Mattingly See, had a that's the fix. funny
0: thing. Do you think he just knows the secret recipe and he's waiting no. for his chance to that, pounce that, that, that is on so, an opportunity? That is so silly. I like, know. It's,
1: it's just ridiculous. But
0: people are clo- Are quick to – it's the same with when Keefe and the Maple Leafs went on that road trip last year to the West Coast and they came back and we thought honestly that he was not going to be an employee of the Maple Leafs any longer because it's just like it's the knee-jerk thing. And, and there's certainly like – I'm not saying John Schneider has no blame in this. Like, you do need to get the best of your players, but there's only so much you can do. You put them in a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. They are the ones performing, right? It's like with the core four. If they're not performing, you can only tweak the lineup so many times. You can only go kick garbage cans in the locker room so many times. I, I always put more blame on the players than I do on the coaching staff, and I think that that's fair with John Schneider. There's certainly more he can do. I think there's been questionable decisions with the bullpen. There's been questionable decisions with the lineup and why you're so steadfast on some things and so quick to flip the script on other things. But in the end, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needs to perform better. So does Matt Chapman. George Springer as well. Like, you can start to go down the list of players and John Schneider can only do so much to put them in a position to
1: succeed. Yeah, I mean, there's only like a couple things that would really that would really scream to me that a change needs to be made. And and even still, like if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is performing poorly because let's say he hates John Schneider. Well, that's like, I still don't, I still don't buy it though. Like why would he openly put himself in a position where he may earn considerably less money Mm -hmm. because he has a chip on his shoulder because he doesn't necessarily Uh, Jive with the manager like that just doesn't make sense to me like I don't think these are as connected as people are making them out to be I will say though like it's an interesting case study in fan bases because I feel like Lee fans are really Tribalistic in the regular season. It changes a little bit in the playoffs But like they refuse many of them refuse maybe the loudest ones refuse to blame the players And I think we're seeing a little of that with the Blue Jays with this John Schneider conversation. But I do think that the fan base is less in that realm, or at least the ones that I'm seeing, where they are okay with calling out Vladdy. Because how could you not be? They're okay with being critical of the players on this team, more so than I think Leaf fans are. And yet still, Mm. a lot of this conversation is around John Schneider. I do think it's the low-hanging fruit because that's the only thing you can really do. Like, if you're looking for someone to blame, it could be Ross Atkins. It could be John Schneider. Yeah. It could be the players, but I think all things are true. Where maybe John Schneider is not the best manager in the world. Ross Atkins clearly hasn't put the best team in the world on 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 the field, and clearly these players are underperforming. I mean, it's the easiest sport in the world to look at performance from one year to the next and be like, oh, they're not as good as they were last year. I think all these things are true, and for whatever reason, Schneider's getting a lot of it, and for whatever reason, it's a little bit more dispersed with baseball than it is with other sports here in this city.
0: An interesting uh, question in the text line that I I was going to bring up for something to chew on, uh, but we can bring it up now. How do you guys feel about Vladdy still leading in all-star ballots considering his struggles at the plate? And so the Blue Jays are, and I know the Canadian twist is like so fired up in the States. Like any American baseball fan is quick to point out that, yes, the Toronto Blue Jays are the only team in Canada, and they think that that somehow is unfair or... I mean, against it is the a little rules, bit. yeah, but that so then put another team in Canada. It also is <laughs> like sorry, yeah, why not? Well, would would it, you want us to move back to Dunedin and Buffalo? No, thank you. They
1: set it up to be a popularity contest, and it is. It's I mean, it is. If Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is leading, then it's more of a popularity co- so, popularity contest than something born on merit.
0: Vladdy, Bo, and Matt Chapman remain the top vote getters after the second round of fan voting. So now is an update. Bo's more than seven. 100,000 votes ahead of Corey Seager. Which is fine. Although Corey Seager has been brilliant. Yeah, Vladdy is only 70,000 votes clear of Yandy Diaz. And Chapman is 50,000 votes over Josh Young of the Texas Rangers, who we just saw.
1: Wouldn't you feel a little like sheepish as a Blue Jays fan if the All-Star game rolls around and the entire infield with the exception of Whit Merrifield who's I think He's like
0: second 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 like, among let's
1: second say patient. there's an injury and it's like okay Whit the entire infield for a team that's sixth or seventh best in the American League is dominating the All-Star game like it's it's but a they little could, they
0: could literally have you mentioned Whit Merrifield's in second like trailing Marcus Semien so basically a former you got a little Blue Jay in you there Brandon you Belt also ranking second behind Shohei, but he's never going to pass him. But it, still, it that, could be the I Blue mean, Jays ridiculous. All-Star Weekend.
1: <laughs> I know. And and I think there's reason to be upset with that if you're a fan of baseball and you're not a fan of the Blue Jays. Even as a Blue Jays well, fan, I'm like, more. no, but I'm like, <laughs> wh- like I, I, I don't know. I'm not. That's not something I'm going to be like pumping my chest proud about when yeah. we vote these guys in as a nation and they don't deserve it. Like that just, Maybe there's going to be complaints. To it's not going to be good. It's, it's going to be a toxic situation. I don't Maybe know why he needs to go. Anyone would want that.
0: And that changes him. He goes and he's got a
1: Well, you can fix your or you can ruin your swing at a home run derby. But maybe, maybe you can, you can fix, fix your it. swing. At I don't a home know if he's derby. gonna
0: be in the home run derby, but he could be an All Star and maybe he just gets there and he's he's around all these oh, superstars. You know, you know
1: Vodie wants to be at the All Star game.
0: Who doesn't? Oh actually some people like NHL players don't love it, yeah. Uh Brandon here in the text line says not just Jays fans, all Toronto sports fans refuse to blame the players. I wonder Mm, raptors related though we we see a lot of raptors player hate like scotty barnes is not a superstar he was uh rookie of the year and he fell bit. off pascal's not clutch pascal can never lead this team pascal is never going to be the face of this franchise moving forward fred's old trade fred like we see this all the time yeah. but nick nurse got fired and now we have a new coach so it might be more player related People, that people are going to complain about
1: people turned on Nick for sure, mm-hmm. a- and people are people are critical of the Raptors. I think when times are good with the Raptors, it's like a complete love fest, and no one can ever be critical. That's true. But the Raptors have looked at a different reality recently, and maybe that's brought a little bit more perspective.
0: Which team do you think has the highest highs and the lowest lows? The Leafs? I would say so. I Al's would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's harder uh, I, to find think, the think, middle ground I think with them. Blue Jays
1: them. fans are more. Realistic than the other two.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: Like uh, Vlad- Raptors fans
0: are just always like. Always there's upset. been
1: times where people were out for Bo. It's all reflective of performance. Vladdy is taking a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Like no one's just like sugarcoating the Vladdy situation right now. And again, like it's it depends on what your your purview is. I guess if you're on Twitter all the time, or you're at a bar talking to people, or whatever, you're just in your uh, your own group chat or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just feels like. People are a little bit more realistic with the with what happens with the Blue Jays.
0: I think it's close between which Twitter fandom is the worst, though, in terms of getting really, really down negative Leafs and Raptors. Really? Yeah. You got to get in the Raptors' Twitter feed.
1: Yeah, maybe, and, I'm, and maybe I'm a little bit more connected to the Leafs.
0: But the Leafs ones are not, not usually super positive. Well,
1: I think the Leafs is, is overly positive. And almost, we saw a switch here with the Leafs' Twitter just since the end of the season. Like, everyone is now in defense mode of the – it went from we have to break up the core four to you're an idiot if you suggest that anyone is traded from this team. Like, it went really fast. It's only that pocket. It's two weeks after they lose – And their performance during the playoffs, where people actually look at everyone realistically. (laughs) And then they lose it again, where they think they're the best team, they have the best players, and there's no way change should be made. I think a lot of Leaf fans are still clinging to, uh, you know what, Dubas left, and uh, maybe maybe we shouldn't trade any of these four players, because you'll never get anyone back who's comparable. When in reality, we've just seen it over and over again, that this, for whatever reason, is not working. Like... You just saw Vegas do what Vegas did. Mm-hmm. You just saw the hard decisions that they had to make. You've seen lots of teams go through makeovers and go and get to the point where hard decisions have gotten them, gotten them further. But here we are really, and even the same thing with Dubas, people just wanted him back. People love Kyle Dubas. People love what Kyle Dubas built, and they didn't want to let go of it, management included. Uh, I do think there's more of a love affair with the Leafs players than there is uh, the Blue Jays for sure and probably the Raptors too.
0: It sounds like we're not getting John Morosi, as you can tell. Um, it's okay. We'll get him next time. We love the guy. Uh, good text in here from Rick from Stoville. Yeah, Blue Jays fans should not have to apologize for the way the All-Star voting is set up. We have the brunt of that in the past, so just because it's in our favor this year, we should enjoy it. And Vladdy is poorly playing. He might go to the All-Star game and be the All-Star MVP. John in Mississauga says, too bad we couldn't vote Manoa into the All-Star game. I think that might actually help.
1: Did they take him off the ballot? How'd that go?
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that.
1: Oh, I don't know. I I don't think you're going to feel good as a Jays fan if they're out of a playoff spot and Vladdy's like a complete mess and Bo can only do so much and Chapman's been one of the worst hitters in baseball for two months if this all continues and they're just trotted out there. At the midsummer classic, like it's going to be a little weird. The tide is... and the negative comments Whoa, and the negativity will be bad. more will be overwhelming in comparison to like any positive thoughts and pride you have in these guys representing the Blue Jays on that stage.
0: All right, well five ninety five ninety. We always take your thoughts, your vibes. Uh, we've got a great, great, great guest after the break, Joe Carter. It's uh, the thirtieth anniversary of the Blue Jays' ninety three World Series championship this year. And we all know how much of a hand he played in that. We're going to chat with him. We're also going to chat about the 14th annual Joe Carter Classic Golf Tournament that raises funds for local Toronto charities, which will be next Wednesday. And Justin and Brent Gunning will be hosting that show live Mm -hmm. from Glen Abbey. I will be in beautiful Nashville covering the NHL entry draft on that same Wednesday. So I will speak with you from nashville is that the day days. we're getting you i don't know we whatever. should get you from the joe carter classic whatever works for you guys you know what no problem know. you know what whatever works i'll have you. nothing else going whatever on in nashville i'll you. only be working no play no fun yeah so you want to call me at the 6 a.m block when it's 5 a.m in nashville i'll do it
1: okay we'll keep uh we'll keep that in mind we
0: got joe carter after the break we'll take your five ninety five ninety wake and rake picks we'll do a baby wake and rake to wrap up the show And we'll tee up tomorrow's NBA draft. Joe Carter's next.
1: The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So the tying run is at second. The run that would win the World Series is at first, and Joe Carter is the batter. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Well, field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-rub home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life.
1: It's one of the marquee events of summer in Toronto: the Joe Carter Classic. Wednesday, myself and Brent Gunning will be there, broadcasting live.
0: Are you golfing it after?
1: I you didn't get the invite. Eh? I doubt it.
0: Hey, if this interview goes well, maybe you will.
1: When we get free golf, it's because y- you set it up. Although Gunner's a golf guy, so
0: I think you're, you could you could figure something out there.
1: There will be uh, a lot of celebrities on hand, including. Jose Bautista, Dion Phaneuf, Nazem Kadri, Jaina Hefford, Doug Gilmore.
0: Dion Phaneuf?
1: Many expected to be there celebrating 30 years since Joe Carter's home run. And we get to celebrate the occasion by bringing him in this morning. Joe Carter on the line, two-time World Series champion, five-time All-Star, and the host of the Joe Carter Classic. Good morning, Joe.
2: Good morning. How are you guys doing uh, this beautiful morning we're having here everywhere across the country?
1: Uh, we we are terrific. We are definitely terrific. Um, thirty years <laughs> is that? Can you believe that it's been thirty years almost since well, you hit that home run, Joe? Um,
2: it thirty years. It's it's very surreal. <laughs> but uh, you know, listening to that home run is like I don't know if you guys like whenever you hear it. You know i just repeat the words so i know it word for word when tom Cheek is saying it so you know i wonder if torontonians when they hear that they just repeat exactly and follow along with tom cheek but it's something that i've 30 years i've never gotten tired of hearing that sound so every time i hear it it just brings back a lot of memories great memories and puts a smile on my face and I know it does the same for everyone there in Toronto and really across Canada. It's just a moment. And, no, I can't believe it's been 30 years, but uh, that just means I'm getting older. (laughs) And uh, I'm thankful to God that I'm still here on the earth to enjoy it.
0: Well, that, that call, it certainly uh, it kind of unites our country. We have a text line that's always open. And as soon as we played it in before we had you, people texting in saying that it gives them goosebumps still. They remember it. <laughs> Every moment that they hear it, uh, they get a chance to reminisce. So, I mean, you're the one at, at bat. You're the one at, at the plate during that moment. I know you probably asked this a lot. But if you walk us through what's going on in your head, knowing you know the stakes of what what could happen at that at-bat and, you know, rounding the bases? It's just, it, we just saw the Stanley Cup awarded and we just talked to a Stanley Cup champion earlier in the show. And now we have you. It starts out a day. But it, it's something that no, not many people will get to experience. So if you can put those into words, how, how do you begin?
2: You, well, you want me to put, something that's only happened two times in the history of the game, into words. <laughs> yeah,
0: good is. luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: good, good luck, something that I haven't said. But, you know, at, at that moment, uh, as an athlete, at least for me, and, and maybe this may be for half the athletes, we want to be in that position. Uh, I know I wanted to be in that position with the game on the line because, for me, that's when I seem to concentrate the most uh, and I felt I, I I built up my career and my confidence for moments like that, so it doesn't overwhelm you. Uh, some people get there and they they are afraid that you know if they fail, people are gonna remember them, they're gonna hate them, they're gonna talk about them. Uh, I was just the opposite. I, I was like you know if I if I'm up at the plate, I want to be at the plate because I'm more nervous. Sitting on the bench watching the other guys hit because I would much rather be up there. And when I got to the plate, you know, I said, hey, okay, don't worry about the moment. I'm not, I don't really, didn't really seem the moment was too big for me. But uh, it was go up there like Cedar Gasson always told us you go up there, you have a plan as to what you want to do. And my plan was uh, to go up there and be patient, you know, take until I got a strike and then relax even more. And when when Mitch threw me the fastball down and in, all I thought about was, you go back to your training, and I was looking for a breaking ball at the time, because he threw me a breaking ball the pitch before, and made me look pretty bad on it, so I figured he would come back with it, but because he was a left-hander, and... You know, pardon me for all the left-handers out there. They're not always thinking in their right mind. And he, <laughs> he wanted to come back with the fastball, and he threw a fastball down in And because I was had slowed everything down uh, to a point where when he threw the fastball, all I did was react to it, kept my head down. And when I made contact and saw the ball jump off my bat, you know, when all that leaping was because I didn't see if the ball was going to make it over the fence. I like knew I hit it hard enough, but I didn't know if I hit it high enough. And to see uh, Pete and Caviglia kind of stop and kind of turn around, and then I knew it was out, and the roar of the crowd, it was deafening. I've never heard anything like that uh, in my life. It has just been that that deafening where you couldn't even hear I mean, nothing, and my thought was Joe touched all the bases as I was jumping up and down because (laughs) uh, my mother, she confidently calls me jumping. She says she calls me a kangaroo. She says jumping Joe, and that's where all that came from when I had the foundation there in Toronto when I was playing. It was jumping with Joe, and every time we won a championship, I was always jumping, so it was a moment that, you know, I'll never forget. And a lot, a lot of Torontonians never forget. And like I tell everybody, I've been milking that home run for 30 years. Now. <laughs> uh, you know, not that I expect
1: the details to be lost because it's such an incredible moment. But, like, they're still so vivid for you. Remembering the pitch sequence, how you felt, uh, names and faces and reactions and sounds. I'm wondering, though, about, like, the gear. Like, you mentioned the ball. You mentioned the bat. Do you have keepsakes from that moment? Are the things that are still in a safety deposit box somewhere? Where do you
0: live so we can come? Well, no, visit let's not it. Let's not. Them. Let's, not <laughs> let's not have
1: anyone knocking on the door. But Joe, like, do you have? What do you keep? And what? What can you just roll out of bed and look at to remind yourself uh, of these moments? Do you still keep have keepsakes and memorabilia uh, from that day, from that moment, from that run, from that celebration?
2: No, I gave them all away. I didn't want them anymore. So I just, I just took them to the trash and dumped all of them.
0: <laughs> well, I have to go to that <laughs> trash dump and find it all myself.
2: <laughs> Can we locate the dumpster? No, no, no. Well, right now I'm sitting in my in my sports room and I'm looking at my jersey right now that I that I wore that night. Uh so I, I did keep that. The bat um the bat went to the Hall of Fame. Uh they came in and a uh, story about that. They wanted the baseball too. And John Sullivan, rest, and rest his soul, you know, John Sullivan passed away recently, our bullpen catcher. And when I when the ball hit the back wall, he was warming up, I believe, Mike Timlin. And so he got the ball. And so after the game, he presented it to me. And he said the Hall of Fame guy had come up to him and asked him, where's the ball, where's the ball? And he goes, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where the ball is. But he had already given it to me, or he was saving it to give it to me uh, after the game. And so um, the Hall of Fame came and asked. And they have my cleats. They have my uh, the baseball way at the home run. But I have my jersey, and I do have the baseball. And the baseball is very safe right now. So, uh, <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be going anywhere anytime soon.
0: Well, I'll know where you'll be next Wednesday. So I know nobody will be there protecting the. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But maybe.
2: (laughs) Joe's going to be
1: bringing it with him now. Yeah, you might have
0: to bring it. (laughs) Uh, Joe, so I mentioned
1: off the top, uh, Joe Carter Classic newcomer. Uh, Myself and Brent Gunning will be uh, hosting live uh, on Wednesday morning. Uh, What should we expect? Uh, Maybe Gunner's been there. I haven't, though, as a newcomer. What should I know before I step onto Glen Abbey and experience a Joe Carter Classic for the first
2: time? Well, if you've never been there, you're in for you're in for a treat. <laughs> uh, uh, the the biggest thing, I mean, we've got I mean, great sponsors with TD Bank, Callaway, DraftKings, AMJ, Campbell, uh, Canada Goose. I mean, you're gonna see a lot of sponsors there. You're gonna see a lot of great athletes. We got uh, and now that COVID is kind of opened up, you know, the country's opened back up and everything. Uh, uh, you've got Dan Marito coming back. Sean Green is, is going to be playing. Jose Bautista, Devon White, uh, Roger Clemens. Uh, some new people. you got Christian Okoye, uh, the Nigerian nightmare f- from the Super Bowl champ, Kansas City mm. Chiefs, where I oh. live at. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, uh, a few more football players, but it is going to be a lot of fun the one thing i've always done throughout my career is i'm a very i'm a very tough competitor mm. you know i love to compete i love to win but the biggest thing is i love to have fun and that's what i wanted to surround myself when i had a golf tournament when we took this 14 years ago is to have a golf tournament where we're going to have fun and the guys i try to bring in the Dion Fanoops, uh the Mike Uh all these guys, mm-hmm. these are people persons. And so when you see these guys or when you talk to them, you know, they are absolutely like, like me. And so you're going to see a lot of fun and a lot of athletes going around and being very personable. And uh, the thing about these athletes, they love their gifts, but they love to give back, and the whole thing – Uh, that we're doing this for is to benefit the Children's Aid Foundation there in Mm -hmm.
0: Toronto. We have the pleasure of speaking with Joe Carter, former MLB first baseman, outfielder, two-time World Series champ, and host of the Joe Carter Classic, which we will be at next week live. So how's your golf game? Uh, You're hitting the links. Uh, What's your dream foursome? we got to get the scouting report on Joe Carter, the golfer.
2: Uh, No, I have been playing uh, a lot of golf. Like (laughs) you say, I'm very competitive uh I uh, for my 62nd birthday I turned my backyard. Uh, I had a tennis court back there and basketball court. But now that the kids are out of the house, have uh, been we've been in, my wife and I've been in empty nesters since <laughs> really 2011. And so the tennis court was not being used. It was just to blow the leaves. It was to catch <laughs> all the leaves and I would just blow them off. I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to do something else. So I, I put a golf court back there. So, I've got a chipping area back there with six holes. I've got a sand oh. trap. We've got a fire pit, a little basketball court. So, no, my golf game is very good right now. I've been playing quite a bit, played in a tournament yesterday. And uh, we 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 came in second. We shot, what, 16 under? Oh, my and God. Then, uh, and then we legit. had a playoff. <laughs> we had a playoff for first place, and we ended up top. We end up tying with the. We had chip offs and everything. It took us like another thirty minutes, and we were just exhausted. So we said, "We'll just split the prize money." <laughs> so that was it. But no, I I play a lot of competitive golf, and uh, the guys know. First of all, if you have a golf tournament, you got to be able to play golf. That's right. So yeah. So right now, you know, my handicap's at a it's at a two to three as Roy at right now. So no, I wow. I love to play, and I will have some fun.
1: Okay, so who's, like, one golfer we should look out for? Not that we'll be, like, traveling around and following a group around, but uh, Jose Cruz Jr. was at a tournament we were at last year. He he had, like, a target on his back. He was super competitive. He was ready to go. Is there someone on the guest list who's really, really good that we should watch out for?
2: Well, that's the thing. There are a lot of good golfers out there. Damon Allen, uh, the great cup champion. Mm -hmm. I mean, Damon is a very good golfer. Uh, Sterling Sharp. Uh, you know, Sterling wins everywhere he goes. He's, he's, you know, the guy's, what, 55 years old or whatever, but he hits the ball nine miles. Uh, so he's always in contention. Let's um, see, so you got Damon, you got Sterling. Oh, and we have a new new guy coming in. Uh, uh, call him Freddie Mac, Fred McCreary who played for the Atlanta Falcons and then the New England Patriots uh running back and uh this is his first year so he I talked to him yesterday and he's excited and he is a left lefty and plays very good. So we've got some we've got some very good golfers out there and uh it's gonna be a very competitive event. We have the Skins game on Tuesday and then the the regular uh scramble on Wednesday uh, so it'll be a chance to take some bragging rights, and hopefully uh, I'll be there at the top.
0: <laughs> I don't doubt it. It uh, seems like you just simply could be good at anything you try your hand at. Uh, so next Wednesday, the 14th annual Joe Carter Classic that will be live from Glen Abbey from uh, 6 to 10 a.m. on our show. So I know you. this is obviously the big thing that you, you come back for Toronto um, to celebrate, but... W- what are some other of your favorite things when you come back to Toronto? Um, you get an opportunity to meet with people that you haven't seen in a while. The city, the atmosphere, uh, the Blue Jays game, I'm sure would be something up on top of that list. But your time when you do get to come back to Toronto, what do you enjoy most?
2: Well, I enjoy the people the most. Uh, you know—my The seven years I spent there were seven of the best years of my life. And uh, my family loved it there. We had a lot of great friends. We still have a lot of great friends there. And now those friends are, you know, the kid, the kids that that they're growing up. They're getting married, and uh, you're like, wow, we're really getting old. <laughs> but coming to Toronto is just it gives me a renewed sense of what life is all about. You know, I'm walking the streets, and here's the good thing is, I mean, I I walk the streets whenever I'm in Toronto, and. Very rarely do I get recognized anymore, and to me, that's that. To me, that's great because they're going about their business. And <laughs> one of the first places I always stop when I come to Toronto is Mr. Aaron Barbarian Steakhouse. Oh, that yeah, that is <laughs> that is the best steak. And living in Kansas, you know, we've got great steaks here. But Barbarian Steakhouse, the, uh, it compares with the best steaks here in Kansas. So I'll always go by and see that. That's my that's my hot spot is Barbarian Steakhouse. But you know to go out and and just see the people. Uh just enjoy the weather because it is such a great time there in Toronto, and I'm always looking forward to getting back there.
0: Well, we are looking forward to next week. It's such a pleasure to get to chat with you. I hope the weather holds up. I hope you get your good steak, and I know the paparazzi will be will be out there now. They know where to find you. Uh, they know where to, to track you down, Joe. Appreciate you coming on this morning. <laughs> uh, a pleasure to chat, and, and uh, best of luck next week, and have a, have a blast.
2: All right. Thank you, guys, and uh look forward to next week also. We'll see you there.
0: Perfect. Uh, that's Joe Carter. Host of the Joe Carter Classic, which, again, is next week. We'll be doing the show live there on Wednesday from 6 to 10. An extra hour of work for you. Uh, There you go. Uh, Glen Abbey Golf Club. Um, It's his 14th annual Joe Carter Classic, which raises funds for local Toronto charities it sounds like an absolutely star-studded guest list. You yeah. don't even bring your clubs; that would be embarrassing.
1: This isn't just anyone's golf tournament. No, I mean, those names—I was, was getting is intimidated an listening. Unbelievable list of golfers <sighs> and athletes oh uh, that Joe Carter has accrued and wrangled in for for a tournament every year. That's pretty cool. I, I know it's a big deal. I've I've sort of heard the legend of the Joe Carter Classic in my years, but. Just seeing the full list of participants pretty
0: impressive. Every name he kept listing, I'm like, oh oh, my, oh. You can't. I'm going
1: to have to be ready for because you get the impromptu interview. That's so what I'm, gonna I'm saying. you going to
0: be ready. So you're going to do so much work on, he's naming NFLers, he's naming soccer players, basketball players, hockey players, Dion Phaneuf. Mm-hmm. That what's, that got me, like, I haven't heard Dion Phaneuf's name spoken in a decade.
1: Remember when he, like, popped up? He's still up. kicking around? Did he pop up, uh... When he officially retired, he was hanging out with the Leafs for a day. And we're like, oh, he's going to be, he's going to work for the Leafs here. He'll be assistant gonna, to the general yeah, manager. They're going to announce him as an, uh, an employee within a week, and it, it never, nothing really happened. An assistant there. to the regional manager, Dion Phaneuf. Jason Spetz's assistant.
0: Anyway, maybe you get a chance to chat with him. I bet you will. Did you say Nasim Kadri is going to be there?
1: Uh, uh, Dion, you think I'll chat with? I think Joe's going to be too busy. Dion, I think Nasim.
0: I think you get. Dion. I think we'll get Kadri. I think we'll get Kadri.
1: But again, we did this last year at the other, I don't know if I should be talking, it doesn't matter, uh, Jay's Care. Yeah, same uh, thing. But we got there at 6, that's when we do the show, and nobody, like breakfast, we were in the breakfast area, and there wasn't a soul was until me, like you
0: and 20,
1: 20, <laughs> 20 minutes left of the show. We did get Jose Cruz Jr. early on, mm-hmm. because I, I think we, we booked him, uh, but it doesn't get uh, too lively until about... 9 well, a.m. So they got to rest up for hour. this.
0: This is like a, the.
1: I mean, honestly, uh, understandably Nick so. Taylor
0: two weeks ago at the Canadian Open and the Joe Carter Classic. What a time for golf in Canada! You're telling me. I think Joe Carter and Nick Taylor could be a fun pairing.
1: What do you think Gunner's like in his natural habitat at golf? He's
0: course? gonna be booting around there. He's buzzing. <laughs> Gunzie's gonna have the time uh, of his life on Wednesday. I know. I might have to reel him in. So yeah, next week. Justin and Gunner hosting the show together because I'm in Nashville doing some work with Sportsnet for how's the your, NHL draft.
1: How's your prospect research going, by the way?
0: Really great. You want to know about some prospects? I do.
1: Give me a factoid. No,
0: we don't have time. Okay. But yes, next week I'll be off the show. I'll be in Nashville doing some stuff with Sportsnet um, from the draft. But I'll call in and I'll give you the scoop on Broadway.
1: To transition to the wake and rake, if you get any intel, you got to be passing it along.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Inside Isn't that like what people go to jail for? No. Yeah.
1: It's the limits are small. Okay. Yeah, it's yes. not a big deal. Whatever.
0: Yeehaw. Let's do a wake and rake. Wake up. Now it's time for wake and rake. You
2: could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy.
0: Show me the money. With Ailish and Justin. Okay. Toronto Blue Jays look to build on Kikuchi's dominant performance and a big win. Two nothing win. But a win's a win against Miami Marlins. I think they can... Certainly put a nice bookend to the series. Get a series win with Kevin Gosman on the mound. A noon start time. I'm going Blue Jays money line. I'm just going to trust in the boys to figure it out, to bring it home, to face those Oakland Athletics on a high note. I was going to do Gosman over, over Ks, which is usually my go-to it pick.
1: depressed. Only but, six and a half? Yeah. I mean, I, you can't straight get a, can't at a rise. So that's three chances off the board. I'm
0: just going Blue Jays money line. Win the damn game.
1: Can I pivot here? Yep. Do you have time? I'm going the strikeouts. I think he's going to get it.
0: Okay. S- we can seven strikeouts, Kevin Gosman? It is plus money where I'm seeing it. Like, you can have that pick. I I just thought I'd switch it up, but let's go. Uh,
1: I was going go. to go. You need win. I, was, I do. I'm really, <laughs> no offense. really strong. Like, listen, basketball or baseball, uh, I'm not, you know, Mr. Handicapper for baseball. Let's just be honest <laughs> with ourselves here. Uh, I do like Zach Gallen on the bump for the Arizona Diamondbacks, minus 145 against the Milwaukee Brewers in Milwaukee. But I'm going Gosman. Because that's a low line for him. He routinely goes over that number. Even
0: last time out, when he had a, his bad outing, air quotes,
1: he still got over his case. And he's going to want to go deep in the game, and they're going to want him to go deep in the game.
0: Okay, so Blue Jays to win, Kevin Gosman over strikeouts, and let's pick up our light piece. So we've got Jake and Scarborough. Hey, this is last minute. Hey, never, don't worry about it, but I'm in Miami with my son. We're going to see the Jays. Jays on the money line with oh, Gosman yeah. pick it, pitching. This is Jagan Scarborough with his five-year-old son, Jaden. Love that!
1: Ooh, so you, Cody in St. Catharines. Rather, uh, he hit the nerfy last night. I know. Uh, his after lock, you called him out, his lock is Zach Allen over six and a half K. Brewers, the fourth worst strikeout team in the league, struck out ten times yesterday. Mm. I mean, that's kind of where I was going. Which uh, may not be a good thing.
0: Courier Chris, who's in Niagara Falls, all over our beautiful. Um, continent <laughs> province well, continent too morning and Justin it's it's my Friday wow what a life for today's wake and rake I'm going under seven and a half runs in Jays and Marlins I predict Gosman to bounce back from his rough start
1: uh, Jeff and Barry's taking the plus <laughs> 0.5 homers Joe Carter versus Vladimir Guerrero jr. at Rogers Center this season that's just a uh, quip I believe I
0: can't find the line on that one <laughs> Uh, Good morning. It's Corey from Port Hope here for my Wake and Rake pick. I like the Twins money line versus the Red Sox. Sonny Gray on the mound. Well, there you go. That's enough to take him. Uh, I don't want any part of this because I'm struggling. I want part of it. I want to make it. Same game parlay. Under Blue Jays to win and Kevin Gosman strikeouts. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Does it not? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Jays money line under, it's at seven and a half. Yep, we're doing it. Whatever. Nobody can score any runs in this team. And Kevin Gosman over strikeouts. When you combine that on a parlay, it comes to plus 550.
1: Really? I thought it was going to be a. Uh, Dynamite. I thought that was going to be a struggle. Let's I guess go. that under really juiced
0: things up. It did. Um. All right, folks. What a beautiful parlay piece.
1: It's called the correlated same game parlay right there.
0: Let's we had a go. very fun day today. We got to hear from Al, who's still sitting beside us, and we feel bad. we... We could have had you on a couple more times. We've got two more days, so we'll get you on. Um, Lots to talk to the twins. The twin community is strong, okay? All the twins this morning on the text line. We had a blast. Uh, Today, noon, start time. Kevin Gosman, Sandy Alcantara. That is a 12-10 first pitch. Blue Blue Jays look to wrap up this three-game series with a win.
1: Got a win here.
0: Guts get a win. Sportsnet, Sportsnet now. Sportsnet 590. The fan is streaming, of course, on sportsnet.ca slash 590. And the Sportsnet app It's Baby Friday tomorrow, enjoy your day.